Guys, wait, wait, wait. We can't start the show yet. You, you mean we got that deal from New York Prime Beef lined up, right? Hell yeah, we got that deal. NewYorkPrimeBeef.com offers a wide array of steaks, dry aged to perfection, and carved by an expert butcher to provide you, your family, and guests with the best steak they've ever had. For example, if you guys have never had any Wagyu steak, they've got this beautiful little Wagyu sampler. You can get yourself a 16-ounce A5 Miyazaki Wagyu strip, a 16-ounce A5 Wagyu ribeye, and two 8-ounce A5 Wagyu fillets. I don't know anything about meat, but you kept talking about meat. It's good? It's real good. And with the promo code FRIES15, you get 15% off what? all the Wagyu you could handle. And all the regular dry aged and fresh meat. That's NewYorkPrimeBeef.com, promo code FRIES15. Lock in your holiday meals now. It's waiting on fries that you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back ten minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, that they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> I got like a phone call out of nowhere the other day from Just, and he started telling me crazy things. You okay? Yeah. Oh, you look scared. Uh, he started telling me crazy things about Twitch, and he was like, hey, tell me news about Twitch because I think I need to get ahead of the trends again. Dude, because I read an article that millennials and stuff like to watch that better. They do. Well, why Some of them. Like, said that they like them watch... They like to watch Twitch streams more than they like to watch traditional sports. I, I mean, that, that. that doesn't mean it's bumping Sunday football by any means, <laughs> but we definitely got to pay attention. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff to pay attention to. I've definitely seen, uh, there's this one game called Rocket League. I see that on TV all the time. I know people play Warzone, but, you know, I just see Rocket League more often. Well, listen, tell, you know, a lot of guys don't know what Twitch is. They don't know what video games are. You know, my, my father would joke at me all the time for playing games as a kid, where he's like, I was doing this as a kid, and I was like, yeah, Pops, because you didn't have video games as a kid, right? So they didn't exist for the older generations. They don't really understand it. They understand Mario. They understand Super Nintendo. They have no idea what's happening right now. And I'm not saying, like, oh, spend all day playing video games. You're not going to accomplish anything and likely not get paid for it. However, there's a whole younger demographic out there that are buying tickets to go watch guys play live video games. And don't you have a little Twitch channel? So, like, yeah, I stream for the reason of I want to collect my winning games. That way I can break them down and then have them. Like, yo, I want my Warzone game again, again, and again, and again, and usually again. What's your your KD ratio? It's not about the KD. I got 50-plus wins in the chamber. Come see me in the streets. I'm so lost on this conversation right now. (laughs) But regardless of the thought process, that's exactly what the point is. You don't play video games anymore just to, like, beat the game? No, I play it to beat everybody else's boyfriend. I do that intentionally. But this is the thing, Just You said it right. You don't really understand it. You don't really follow it. But you do understand one thing. When you see number stats coming out about how many people are involved, how many people are watching, how much this industry is forecasted to continuously make on the front end and the back end, you know that maybe it's time to get involved a little bit. So Just called me, and he said, hey, explain Twitch to me. And I gave him this long breakdown about how guys make money on Twitch. And what happened was, what happened was, in early COVID, a lot of people had really turned over towards live streaming because they were playing video games and, and had nothing else to gone. do. 
So this is like OnlyFans? And sports were gone. So it's like OnlyFans if people kept their clothing on and were interested in watching somebody else play games. Gotcha. Now here's the, here's the kicker I'll, here. People are interested in watching people play games on OnlyFans. That's a different the clothes, type of the clothes, thing, the clothes thing. That's a different type of thing that we could put up in the TVs here at Smokehouse. <laughs> uh, so with him saying, "Hey, what's this whole esports thing? There's people behind it. Are people interested in it?" We ran a little bit of a question poll last week, saying, "Hey, would you be interested in seeing uh, esports up on screens in your bar or restaurant?" And a lot of people said, "Yeah, a very healthy a lot amount." It wasn't a fifty-fifty, but it was like very close. And the thing is this, with things like Twitch, Twitch allows you to stream a camera on you where you can see reactions, and it also documents what you're playing so you can see the screen being played. And the allure of it, I think, for a lot of young guys, first off, is to watch how their favorite players are playing and learn new techniques and get ahead. And then from there, they genuinely kind of become fans of these people and their personalities. There's a guy on there, Dr. Disrespect. He's in 80s retro gear nonstop. He has high production value of his Twitch channel. And he, he commands... Play? What? What does he play? Uh, it was dominantly Warzone for a while, and he was jumping back bef- between PUBG and some other game. It doesn't matter what he's playing. The thing is, he has a huge following commanding him because he's in character. It's Yo, almost like a G.I. Joe. People get into this, right? Because... I put on the bar actually this weekend after I called you with that curiosity. I threw it on. We happened to have a smart TV back there, so it was cool. Put downloaded the app, signed in. Couldn't really find your shit on there, so sorry I didn't give you any views. But that wasn't live. I just went to like the the most viewed, like whoever had the most views on there. Yeah. I was like, yo, was just, there was like twenty thousand people watching this one stream, so I threw that on, threw that on the TV. What was it? Uh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know, <laughs> but he knows that people are watching. It said 20,000 viewers was the number one. Whatever it was, it was the most watched thing at that moment. Yeah. And that's what I put on the screen because I don't really care otherwise. But okay. I put it on and I saw the guy, like the little, the, you could see the guy the playing. The screen of the guy. Yo, yeah, like the full costume on and all this stuff, like going into it. I was like, oh, these guys are like, they're like into it. That's and I'm not going to lie, a couple guys at the bar were like, oh, that's pretty cool. You got like whatever yeah. game it was. I'm like, oh, you're playing that right now. That's good. That's it's- really funny. I have a short relevant story. I was um, watching this guy play Cyberpunk this afternoon right before I bought the game, but it was watching a Twitch stream of the guy playing it. This is a like, new big game that has just yeah. come out, and no real new big game has come out for a while to give you some color on that. Continue. That's not true. Continue. Tony Hawk came out last month. But anyway. Oh, nobody's I know Tony Hawk is. Yeah, see? <laughs> That's relevant. But anyway, no, <laughs> it, it was funny. I just tuned into this Twitch stream of Lex Friedman playing Cyberpunk, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy this game. And I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I didn't use Twitch, but I opened up YouTube and I looked at some of the game just to see what it looked like. Yeah. I want to see how far the games have gone and see the graphic quality and what things look like. And these things lead towards sales, I think, at the end of the day. Uh, for the video game industry, that is. Not and to the, go too far away, but Cyberpunk said that they paid back all of their development costs in the first day because of their pre-sales. It's phenomenal. And that's why wow. a lot of people push pre-sales. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty did similar pre-sale for Cold War that was coming out. And the question is, why are we fucking talking about this right now? Because this is a bar and restaurant podcast in which we talk about business. And the reason why is because I wanted to know if I could get people to come in and sit at the bar just by throwing Twitch on on a Tuesday night when nothing else is going on. And the answer is? I don't know. We don't. Exactly. (laughs) It needs to be a trial and error. But I just took some stats earlier in the middle of the week here. 
about how many people were tuned in in the middle of the day, 12 o'clock Eastern, that's 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Warzone had 150,000 people tuned in. Cyberpunk, 270,000 people tuned what in. What about Slaughter Race? Fortnite, 154,000. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Among Us. You never saw Wreck-It, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet? No, Jay, we don't have kids. We've never seen that. Yeah. Among Us is a game that many people know. It's on your phones. Kids are playing it. They have Yo, to guess Among who's, Us is fun. who's the person that killed somebody else. 145,000 people watching this thing. And now to give you like some real color on how big streaming of games can get, League of Legends took place a tournament in South Korea, and it had 100 million people streaming it, watching what was going on. That's insane. So to capitalize, are a different type of people. And to capitalize on things like this, yeah, New York has an esports team for Call of Duty, uh, Subliners, and that franchise fee just to own that is twenty five million dollars, and that doesn't count any of the extra fees that go on. They were planning to sell tickets in Madison Square Garden until COVID hit, coincidentally at the same time, and guys are watching, guys are buying the products on the back end. So if you're to tell me that there's some big event happening in game world and you don't pitch a flyer around it for your bar or restaurant, you think it's not going to get a little bit more traffic in here? We talk about new creative ways of getting people into the bar atmosphere or getting into seats that haven't really been done before. And I got to, again, I find myself commending Justin for trying to be like, hey, let's get ahead of the trend here and see if it works. Let's throw the meatballs at the wall and see if something sticks. Throw the meatballs at the wall. Yeah, you throw meatballs at the wall and you see if something sticks. I've never thrown meatballs. Sounds like a waste of meatballs. So yeah. here's the real thing, though, right? It was metaphorical. That's the front end. The metaphorical meatball. Because you spend, like, hours making those meatballs, you don't want to throw them at the wall. No, he's saying, like, putting the Twitch on is the meatballs. And the walls, the TV, the that walls the, the walls TV mounted the TV on. So it's like, I'm just going to throw the, the Twitch on and see if, like, you know, throw it on like the wall, see what happens. Which I'm I doing. Yeah, so, so the question a- is, how do you make money on it, though, also on the back end? This is what Twitch does. It's owned by Amazon. Every single time somebody subscribes Are you saying how does Twitchers make money or how does the bar make money? It's telling you how to make money. The bar makes money just if people want to go out to watch it. Yeah. They're like, oh, that place throws a Twitch on one of the TVs. They'll go out and check it out. So that's how you say it throws a Twitch. It's a Twitch. (laughs) So that's like how we used to talk about Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's the byproduct, right? You put it on, people show up, and you make money because you filled an additional chair with somebody that was maybe interested in this quote unquote uh, championship or something that was going on. Now, with Twitch itself, though, when you go in there and you create an account, it's owned by Amazon. Every single time somebody subscribes, you get $2.50 per month. There's people out here with hundreds of subscribers making a little bit of side you get money. You $2.50 per subscriber? It costs 5 right? $5 per subscription. If somebody wants to champion you and say, hey, we love the fact that you're doing this and we're going to keep watching you, right? With that, Amazon keeps half. You take half of it. So now if you have a Smokehouse TV Twitch account, and it's airing local players that are playing all around the place. And you tell the local players, hey, I got your name up here. You're playing. Advertise that shit to your group. We'll give you some type of kickback. Now, all of their fans become your fans. And they want to go, yo, you want to go watch him play at the bar? He's playing right now. If uh, they're into that, of course, right? It's a smaller demographic. Or So uh, to have him on your Twitch channel, you'd have to have him playing at the bar. and you'd like- No, he could play at home. And they could just air it right on Twitch from the Smokehouse channel. And guys are awarded a free subscription every single month to Twitch from Amazon as long as you have an Amazon account. And then you can choose where to put that every single month. 
So this could give you a little bit of money for the restaurant also, just hosting guys on Twitch. They wind up subscribing to the Smokehouse account because they love you. They're coming in. Uh, and then on the other side of things, you can actually take advantage of that Twitch account and run through the back of the kitchen with your phone. And you can even be showing things get cooked on the line all night. You know, that could be interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, we talked about having like a time lapse of like food being plated or food being rang out to the dining room. Yeah, and that sort of thing. It, it wouldn't necessarily be a time lapse, but a real deal operation where there's a camera facing down on the grill top or whatnot or the expo line showing the all the food come out, which it, it could be fun to watch that and see that. It could even be fun seeing too. it in the front, you know? <laughs> You know, yeah. so I buy a product of that. Is yeah. Everybody's got to be on their game because you can't. You got a camera on you. Got to make sure you're. Got to make sure you're not slacking off. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And with that, I think they have to sign some waivers that they're going to be on camera. Put one on the bar too. too. Like watch the bartender yeah. cranking out a good service bar every night. Yeah. They're just different ways to do different things, and I took a picture of my service bar the other day. By the way, did you see that? Did you put it up on that Instagram so, page that we were looking yeah, at that so, one time? So that's selling sex, Jay. He sold a little sex. Uh. But when you have that account, when you have a dedicated Smokehouse account, and you've got a list of 10 guys that stream maybe in the local community that have some little following or whatnot, you can put them in there in a hierarchy. So anytime they go live, it takes over your streaming channel. When they're not live, it could default to whatever else you want. But there would always be somebody essentially streaming in the place. And like, I, I'm not going to say I'm excited about it, but I think it's a cool idea. It is a cool idea. Thanks. Cool. All right. I'm done with you, Jabronis. Let's <laughs> let's let's move on. Move on to some uh, colder stuff, perhaps. Man, this guy. I was busy getting fired at Yard House while sampling beers across the street on my break when I was 23. And this guy, this guy is getting national television spotlight, well deserved, of course. Ultimately, winning a chopped competition, but before that, ran through the gauntlet at the iconic Peter Pratt's in in Yorktown. He opened Madison Kitchen, Largemont, finding great expansions. Hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. I just got a text message. Big, big news. Big news. What's, what's happening? All right. Officially, officially now. You remember we talked to Austin back in the beginning, the early days we were talking about his company, New York Prime Beef. Yeah. And all the different nice cuts of beef and everything. If you went back and listened to that episode, you would get a good idea. Like episode four? You probably start south. Yeah. What was it? Three, four. Go back, listen four. to them both, whichever one you get right. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> you'll start salivating some nice cuts. He just texted me. If you listen to Leading on Fries and you go to NewYorkPrimeBeef.com, okay, and you order whatever you want from there, steaks shipped directly to your house, I don't care where you live, anywhere in the country, next day or two-day shipping, unless you're that guy in India, mm-hmm. you're out of luck, dude. Juice <laughs> steak. But you go to New York, NewYorkPrimeBeef.com and use the promo code FRIES15 and you get 15% off your entire order. No shit. Just, just text that through, just for our listeners. Rise 1-5 on New York Prime Beef. Can we stop talking about hot food right now? There's ice cream on the goddamn table. <laughs> it is melting. And, there yeah. is ice cream melting, but I'm excited for those steaks. <laughs> and we got Nikki Scoops in the I building with us to talk about all this ice cream stuff. Up, boys? It's absolutely absurd that you just went to the steak side of things, although that's very appreciated. <laughs> I got excited. It's like... I get you it. did get excited. Yeah, Justin, I'm, I'm with you. So you get a nice Wagyu shipped to your house tomorrow, uh, 15% that's what I'm talking off. That's, awesome, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I hear you. It's... It's kind of crazy because a lot of the guys that we talk to on here, too, they go through this gauntlet, if you will, though, Nikki, of, like, starting off as a super young kid in this business and kind of just, like, learning the ropes in which you go through every single position kind of, you know, in your journey up to where you are to this day. And everything kind of just, we talk about the building blocks where everything you learn gets reapplied into some other things. And, you know, I was seeing that you started when you were a 14-year-old kid. 
Like, you don't know shit coming into this business. So, funny you said that. Everything, like, now I'm 35 years old, right? And Bone is pretty established, even though, obviously, COVID's, like, destroying everything food business. Oh, yeah. Especially here in New York. Um, but... Can you wait? Justin yeah. has to open up <laughs> Sorry, one of these ice cream sandwiches. Ice cream sandwiches in front of me. And Justin, when, when Bona kind of like did its, what, we didn't know what was going on with Bona, right? We just knew that like we got a New York Times review at the restaurant and uh, people, you know, they suggested that we should sell our ice cream and pints to go. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. I was 28 years old. Started selling it. I was like, you know what? There's a farmer's market in the Larchmont train station that's literally. I could walk there. It's like a two-minute walk. I was like, I'm going to lie through my teeth, get this ice cream in that farmer's market, and I'm going to sell it every Saturday, make a logo, whatever. So we started doing that, and it just kind of hit. It was just one of those things that like was really special. Sell it every Saturday. The restaurant became busier. Everyone was talking about it. And so I didn't know what like how to sell the actual ice cream. Like It sounds stupid, but like what do you do with it now? right? Do you sell wholesale? Do you sell scoops somewhere? So we tried everything. And one of the things we did was like sell wholesale to like what I thought in my opinion were like the cooler restaurants, right? So um, like Smokehouse, Justin was like big supporter of the brand. And I remember, like, not to interrupt you, but yeah, I remember that it. day when you came in for that tasting and we just sat at the corner of the bar there yeah. and you just tasted through all the ice cream that you had at the time. It was really good because that was the first time that Smokehouse had gotten into like craft ice cream. Before mm-hmm. that, we were just getting ice cream from like Mount Pleasant or something like that. But we actually had good specialty ice cream we could try to build a dessert program around. Well, everyone, you know, even me, like before, like, so when I, I used to, I worked at Peter Pratt's Inn, right? Uh, I started when I was 14 years old. Literally, I would ride my bike to, uh, to Pratt's and I was less than a mile. My parents' house was less than a mile. But growing up, there's like always this like, it was so cool, bro. I actually lost a bet one day to one of the chefs there and I had to, uh, I was late to work. I'm late. I was late today. I'm late to everything. (laughs) We were all late today. I'm always late. Mm -hmm. I have a problem. Like I'm always late. Like the older I'm getting, it's. Nobody would know that you're showing up late everywhere and they're not isolated instances if you didn't say it though. (laughs) I'm always late. it's It's just like a thing. It's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. So like. I mean, lately I've, I've been way better with it. It just actually helps so much not being late. Um, but it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nice. But uh, so the joke was with the chef that uh, you know, dude, I fucking I drive from Rockland. You live fucking down the road, and I'm here on time. Yeah. Somehow, some way, in wacky kitchen world, there was a bet that I could crawl home faster than he could drive. Home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I don't know. I don't even know. I was somewhere between like 15 years old to like 17 years old. It's really <laughs> stupid, you know? Well, you're experimenting life. You're taking just, stupid bets in general. Bro, it was just, I grew up in northern Westchester, so like just psycho. It's just like it was weird. We all like weirdly found each other. Same group of friends that I grew up with like in second grade. I, we're still friends. Like we all just found each other. Like I can't explain it. But like so somehow I lost the bet. So my parents' house was on a corner. And the bet was to the fucking mailbox. And I got to the, almost to the corner, like pretty much the middle of the side of the house. So I made it on my property line. I just didn't make it to the fucking mailbox. And at that moment, I had rocks in my hands, in my knees. Everyone's laughing at me. Like, Tell me there was like a trail of guys that was also working yeah, with just you at the restaurant. Beer. Just watching. They're just drinking beer watching me. That's great. Like, you're fucking stupid. That's great. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, like. 
It's actually, I guess it's funny, but not really. That is pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I grew up working in a restaurant, you know? and That then, actually, that story ties just working in a restaurant. If you, work, if you know working in a restaurant, that story, that. like, yeah. isn't really that far off. Yeah, my everyone has that equivalent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. exactly. So, uh, that, like, literally working in a restaurant since I'm 14 years old. So it's like we're the two busboys in, in waiting. They're always like in the back smoking weed yep. by the dumpster. Like that is every single Trying to get high off the whipped cream. Yeah, <laughs> Whip fucking Nick and T dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that really just it describes where we come from and in this group of misfits, if you will. Like people aren't stupid. We just are entertained a lot more easily than others, and we don't find sitting there doing paperwork jobs like something that we want to do. We gotta be hands on, and, and every single day is a different day with a different fire to put out. And, like, that's where you thrive, I think, in this business. I mean, uh, it's definitely a crazy business. And I'm going to be honest. I don't recommend it (laughs) to (laughs) anyone. I really, I promise. Like, yeah, I heard that so much, like, obviously growing up in it. But I I fucking really mean it from the bottom (laughs) of my heart. If you think you want to do this, but you might have something else lined up or whatever, just do something something else. else. (laughs) (laughs) Do something else. Like, I don't know. Take a cooking class, whatever. Learn how to cook or learn how to, like, make a cocktail or whatever. That's, like, a useful life skill to know how to cook. It's, it's awesome, right? Yeah. Especially for, like, a chick or whatever, a bunch of people, a party. Yeah, you could do that whole, like, you could turn the switch and be, like, entertain the whole yeah. crowd. But do not do this for a living. Seriously. It's <laughs> Trust accurate. me. That might be the most emphatic, uh, like, warning that we've ever heard on here. It's your opposite of everybody. But, no yeah. matter what. Regardless, you got stuffed through it, though, and you wound up learning through I'm the ropes, st- and you were just like, let me do the best that I can in this fucked up restaurant business world that we're sitting in. So, I mean, like, I was lucky. I Like, I grew up at Pratt's, right? So the crowd at Pratt's was older. Literally, so, you grew up there because you started at 14. You were there for, like, what? Dude, it was, my, it was my second home. It was, like, my safe spot. Yeah. I could go there with my, my friends at 4 in the morning and start cooking scallops. <laughs> and, you know, like, after the bar, we'd go to Pratt's and, like, John Pratt, the owner, he's like the coolest dude in the whole. Are you world. opening up another <laughs> ice cream sandwich? It's the same one. different one. I'm gonna open mine. Yeah, it is gonna melt. I mean, yeah. you guys got. So these are my favorite, and like we need to actually make more, like different kinds of ice cream sandwiches. I, it's just there's so much labor that goes into them. I just put this in the freezer. I don't, I don't want it to melt. It's gonna. They're legit. I really want to fucking eat it. I'm not gonna lie. You should take a bite. You should take a bite. I don't want to sit here and have a conversation with you guys. And I got all this ice cream. And they're like, they're like tempered. Just take a bite. Like, how good is that classic right there? It's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's so good. The vanilla ice cream and the like the cookie. It's it's perfect. It just tastes exactly how it should taste. Yes, yeah, it's perfect. So mad. You won't be in a second. That double chocolate's crack right there. It's just like. Pure chocolate goodness. He's trying not to smile. <laughs> it's really good. It hits you like at the end, that little umami kind of linger thing, yeah. little crunch. No, it's yeah. it's all over my face. It's God good. Damn. I stepped on the scale. I gained eight pounds over the course of the last four months on COVID. I don't want to touch anything terrible right now. Sorry, and my ADD is kicking in. Dude, no, you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Right? I mean, that's a classic. It's All right, so like the only critique you could say, it's like it's soft, but like... Uh, show me a crispy it's soft, cookie. It's but it's been sitting out for. But show me a crispy times. cookie that's not going to smush ice cream. I rather out the sides. Yeah, honest, I prefer it right? soft too. I prefer the softness too. It's way yeah, better. So it's perfect. I got the do- I got the that's double. the glutton. That's the glutton right there. I got that's like super buttery. brownie on one side, cookie on the yeah. other. Uh, when I get a crispy chocolate chip sandwich for the ice cream sandwich, and I bite into it and it's crispy, I go. Uh, now I remember why I never ordered the chocolate oh, chip I'll sandwich. Just let it I like exactly. It. I'll just this let it one sit. you can't stop eating it, and you want it again. Yeah, that's really dangerous. 
I've been craving ice cream for a while. Put that in the fridge later, Justin. Yeah, you right, should. Right, yeah, well, I thought you were in the fridge. Um, right back. Wait, wait. This so, is your second home. You're walking Brad's, into the place. That's my second skeleton. home. Thank you. I could, I could go there anytime, any place. Um, just, I work my way. Describe this space to the guys that so are Pratt's, regionally not Pratt's here with us. is like a 300-year-old building. Um, George Washington's base was across the street at the Davenport House. Um, we know the owners of the Davenport House. It's in the middle of a community in Yorktown Heights, New York, which is the oldest like neighborhood. In, it's almost like on a, like a farmland kind yeah, of, it so, seems like. So Yorktown like, is started off as all farmland. We're the corn huskers. So like, I bow hunt. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I bow hunt. And that was like, the old Instagram sh- uh, yeah, hunting, Nick, hunting, yeah, chef. hunting chef and day. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, like Tinder but, profiles, like into bow hunting. Yeah. Do you know how many girls were like, Oh no, you kill animals. <laughs> <laughs> like we chicken sandwiches constantly. What are you talking about? Yeah. I fucking kill animals, but I eat them and I cook mm-hmm. them. He's doing it ethically. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Like you like organic shit, right? Yeah. This is fucking organic. This is super organic. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Stop. I, I just shut up. I get it. I'm with you. I'm stop with you. Stop it right this. now. Like, so like, but like, it's just that's how it is. There's woods in your in your backyard. It's a it's a really awesome. Like I wouldn't change my childhood for anything. Right? It's cool. We were safe. We were happy. We had like a bunch of freedom. Um, it was cool. But um, so yeah, Yorktown is like the Cornhuskers. It's all farmland. So Pratt's, his father and mother bought the restaurant. I think like right around like 60 years ago, like 58 years ago, something like that. And they had a bunch of money and. We were living this lavish lifestyle, and we bought a, this gorgeous old inn and made a restaurant out of it and got a chef from France, and it was, like, supposed to be this thing. And them, just like everybody else, got, got restaurants, right? They, they wanted to own this thing that everybody sees on that busy Saturday night and how awesome it is to yeah. sit at that table and drink your Pour wine drinks and, for all eat, your friends. Yeah, and your yep. friends are hanging out. Well, your friends are hanging out at the restaurant because they don't see you any other way. Yeah. So they've Correct. decided to go to, to your restaurant just because they want to see Nick or so whoever, right? Right. So, like, but anyway, like, so the first year and a half, two years, this guy, he's from France. He's making this food. Guess what happened after that? Janet Pratt, mom, she's cooking. The family's cooking. John, the son, he's in the kitchen, right? That's what happens. That's the restaurant you see, you see a lot of times when that happens too, though, like, it creates this inner angst, like, I told you it wasn't a good idea to buy a restaurant. And- <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> nah. yeah, I just keep repeating that. Not, yeah. guys, do something else. <laughs> Occasionally it works out. No, listen, it's an, I say that 90% truth, and the, that whole 10% thing, like, that's your, like, just get used to that number 10%. Like, I say it all the time. your margins. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's your the times you're happy, like, yeah, it's just like, the times you can see any of your family or friends. Yeah, like, days 10%. off. Yeah, days yeah. off. 10%. Like, yeah, seriously. I say it all the time, too, but I think everybody needs to hear that and then still fight through it. Yeah. And that's so otherwise like, you don't got the chops. If you hear it all the time and you still want to do it, maybe you can try. Even now with COVID, man, I mean, uh, it's that that thing kicks back. You know, you could you could work your ass off and um, get established or have something where you have your staff working out really well. And you got this, like, for the most part, well-oiled machine. And, like, you kind of did it. You got through the couple years of grind and you have a now successful food establishment um but then something like covid or a really good employee or anything it like you get right back to that grind mode so like that's that's the hardest part about the restaurant business it's just in a blink of an eye we've spoken a lot of times too you just it's funny you said that like 
the right employee leaves. Losing one of those pillars, foundation of your restaurant, cripples you for a while, a lot of times too, because you've become so dependent on somebody doing their job so well where you didn't even realize that you didn't have to be showing up to do various pieces of procedure that were just getting done because somebody cared, somebody knew the business, and somebody was that much of a valued asset to the company. We're like, yeah, one of the pieces of the pillars disappear, and all of a sudden it's back to like rebuild mode again. So and you've seen that time and time again, starting at 14 years old in the restaurant. So that's the thing with the restaurant, right? Like, there's so many. And like, the cool thing about the ice cream, it's a product, right? So you could, and it stays frozen. So, which is awesome, right? I'm supposed to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's not like I'm like, yeah, hey, trust me, it's really good after you freeze it. Like, <laughs> don't freeze it more than three times, though, because then, you know, yeah. like, no, it's ice cream. So, yeah, it stays frozen. So, but like, and even like this, like, I couldn't, I couldn't just like delivery guys, guys who come in, like you're over here cooking at the restaurant, blah, blah, blah. Delivery guy comes in every week. You see the guy, you have some joke, Hey, black ass or Hey, whatever. That's your boy. Like you got one of the guys doing something weird. Like, it's just like, you know, it's fucking hilarious. Right. Yeah. But you see this guy, this is your boy. You see him every week. And it's like, well, I can't give you a, a pot of possible and user now. <laughs> I can't give you a filet mignon. I can't give yeah. you a lamb rack, but Hey, I could throw you a nice sandwich. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, just something about it. It's just way easier. So many aspects of like the food world. Like, and, and that's something I think we should touch on in, in a while too, is going from having the restaurant into saying, now I have a product. Like I agree with you. Having a product is far easier so than managing everything that goes on. That's moving just so if you just Don't just, need a bus boy. Don't need a food runner. Don't need this. Don't need that. Don't it's, need so many things. You know, it's so like when a main guy or whoever, a girl, whatever, a main person, a, a tiller in your, in your business who makes the best eggplant meatballs or whatever it is, right? Or is the early guy in the kitchen that kind of is your, your rock, you know, or whatever it is, whatever it could be. They, whatever, leave, move, whatever, find a different job, get out of the industry. It's, you're, you're like on a two-week crutch. Like, everyone kind of is making up for it, and it's like, customer might complain about something, you're like, you know? You're, you're too dependent on so many little things. That's, that's a hard part, you know? That's, it's two weeks best case. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Get get ads out. ASAP. (laughs) Get those ads out. Call the people you have saving your phone. Like like call these people now. Like, you know? I I know that after you went you started as a busboy and after you went into that, did you touch the front of house side really with the serving or did you go straight into the kitchen? It was never me, man. I secretly hate people. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> like, see, whether you're on the front like, or the back, I'm you know, so bad. Like, the kitchen is the perfect place for you, then. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Until like it's too hot and like you've done the same thing for yeah. 20 years. You and well, Nooms are gonna yeah. get along very well over oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, oh, they want to see you. I'm like, he's I'm on the front of house. Now. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> They're like, well, you're not gonna put a new chef jacket on. I'm like, I'm going the fuck home. I don't care. Like, uh, I'm, I did my job for the day. Yep. I yeah, don't wanna, I'm, like, I'm done now. Yeah, I'm done now. I cook food. I know nothing about the kitchen. To some extent, as far as operationally how it goes. You and know where it is. I know where it is. Yeah. I know where the line is to go get the food, correct. <laughs> but we were discussing a couple episodes ago also that the pasta section. Pasta station. Pasta, thank you, station. <laughs> told you, knew nothing. The pasta station is like where it all goes down. That's where you're sweating bullets, wiping, wiping your forehead 100 times throughout the night. Is that something that was in the restaurant or no? I had never had a pasta station. There was no pasta yeah, station. No, we were never that what, what was being made in the spot? At, at MK? Yeah. Well, no, before MK. So Pratt's. At, at Pratt's. I mean, so Pratt's is like the coolest place ever. I'm like so lucky. to Like John, he's, because he grew up in the restaurant business. He was just so cool. 
And he definitely saw like talent in me and stuff. And by the time I became the chef there, like I worked my way up from busboy. And, uh, you know, I went to, I was like, yo, I'm going to definitely do food for a living. And in high school, there was like a BOCES program where half the day I did culinary, right? So I, oh, like, I, it's so weird. Like, I sacrificed so many weekends and so many holidays and this and that. But, and like growing up, people were always like, well, at least you know what you want to do. And I was like, that's such a bullshit. <laughs> it's like, yo, I'm making it. doesn't no really money. make up for it. Yeah. I don't even know what like a holiday is. I remember what they were. But like, it's like I wasn't at that party with Thanksgiving you. Thanksgiving to me is like fucking 400 dinners. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> Thanksgiving's a busy dinner. That's night. Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. Christmas were off, right? Cool. Christmas Eve, like, if you're like, you're probably hungover. And like it sucks, right? Like that's that's the restaurant business. So like, really funny when you talk about Christmas Eve too. And not to full side cut, but the different business models. It's hilarious because you know some guys are out early Christmas Eve. Some guys aren't even open Christmas. I would sign up all the time to work those holidays behind the bar because everyone's so sick of their family at the end of the night. They want to go out and go have drinks. They got the cousins over that yeah. just turned twenty one. Finally, they want to take them out to the bars. And you would make a killing. You'd walk out of the bar with like 800 bucks and be like, fucking sweet. Sign me up next week again. Let's go. And Christmas, it's different. Christmas isn't weekly, though. I, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the holidays you take advantage of. He hates his family. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, so Pratt's, I had a really cool experience. He knew what was going on. He saw that I had something in me, and I, I obviously did. And like, once I became the chef, like, all right, so I was at, I went to CIA, right? And I am not a school person by any means. Even with cooking at a really awesome culinary school, that I was there when I was 2021, 20, and looking back at it, it was such an amazing experience because it really was like for lunch you're eating steak au poivre and foie gras. You go for breakfast and you're getting these like insane different Fresh baked breads. Everything it's just so fucking awesome, right? And I, like I recommend actually, like, there's so many people that are like, oh, hard knock, blah blah. Don't go to culinary school. You don't need it. Like if you're gonna do this, if you're really gonna do this. What's another 60 grand? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're going to open a restaurant anyway, right? That's at least a half Get a meal. Get used to the day. Yeah, you know? dude, just deal with it, right? <laughs> Fuck, man. So, but That's like, actually not, I mean, it's, it's kind of bad advice, but, you know, get used to working under pressure. Well, you know what? If I don't know. It's, I learned so much at culinary school, and I'm not a school person. I got to make that a t-shirt. What's another 60 grand? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> t-shirt. I mean, you know, I love You're it. fucked already if you're picking this industry. <laughs> you might as well go to a CIA and get some bragging rights. Exactly. If you're yeah. ever going to make a resume, it's on there. You <laughs> know what I mean? It, it like, means something. When you get yeah. to another restaurant, yeah. it, it, it means something. Just yeah. say you went to CIA over yeah. You'll get the job school. for 14 an hour for sure. Well, yeah. I'm saying, does, <laughs> it, yeah. does it help to have that background when you're getting hired on the back um, side? Or is it like bartending school where it's like, no, ah, it, yeah, it, it definitely helps. It definitely helps. Because if you see culinary school on a resume, it kind of means there's certain things you don't need. To say to that person, there's like a level of professionalism. Yeah, there's stuff know. they'll just understand off the bat, or expect it to understand off the bat. So, you know? so like for me as a, as a chef or whatever, right? I there's like another language. Like I like if I want to speak food and like use real food terms and blah 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 blah, like all that stuff that's like real life. It's literally like speaking in like Spanish or French or Italian. Like it's another language. Like, and you they, learn that at culinary. Well, you learn that kind of stuff at culinary school. It's like another tier to like. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say don't do it, you know? Yeah, going into an industry where you're not going to make a lot of money for at least 10 years, and, like, even when you're making a lot of money, it still isn't a lot of money, and you have to work your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you're already picking the shit, so you might as well, you know, go deep. You know what I mean? You know, but, but like, seriously, I, 
if I didn't go to CA, I don't know. Like, I really did learn a lot. Serious. Like, it was awesome. Well, experience. at that point, you were indebted also, so you had to keep going. Yeah, I was all in. Like, yeah, at <laughs> that point, you're not just like, oh, I'm going to go do car sales now. No, like, yeah. you're still doing that. Yep. And at the point where you were the sous chef over at Pratt. So, sous chef at Pratt's, right? I'm really young, and it was awesome. And you're, I learned. What are you, 22 at that point? Yeah, dude, I was 20 in college, so, Yeah. So this Literally, is before he's called. Dude, seven, like fifth, 16, I'm on the line. Um, 17, I'm like, 17 to 18, I'm like a real structure at the restaurant. Like in the kitchen. I have Pratt calling me on my way home from school or something. Like I remember I'm driving like a brown Honda Accord. I thought it was cool. I had like exhaust on it. I know what it looks and, like too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. 2002. It's Not kind even. Of boxy. I think it's like, yeah, it's just bad, right? Um I think I had, like, the Italy reflector flag on the back. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely like, did. that was where we were at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 02, something like that, right? So uh, Remember that time. I'm, like, I'm driving up a hill in Underhill Avenue. And John Pratt calls me, boss man. Hey, hey, John. He's like, what was that thing you made for family meal the other day? He's like, I want to put it on uh, on, on Umami's uh, menu. Proton. I'm like, so you're like, yo, that made me feel awesome. You know what I mean? That is awesome. And, but, like. It was weird. Like, I don't know. Like, dude, I don't know. Just, like, cook. I don't know. It's just, like, it's a, my friends are like, it's like this. You're just wasting your talent. I'm like, it's a dumb job. It's a fucking dumb job, bro. Trust me. I'm doing the right thing by not cooking. Like, Did you kind of just mishmash things together in your head that you knew worked? Or was it an actual dish, though? So, like, oh, well, like family little... meal is kind of just a mishmash a lot of times, isn't it? I mean, sometimes. Family meal is, like, your chance to... In certain situations, be creative when you're not allowed to be creative in other like, times. Nooms does 100%. smoke pork yeah. butts at Manhattan Family Meal. Yeah, because like that's roll. what I know and that's what I'm familiar with and that's what I can do good and, and like show off for all these people that I get to work with. It's not even, it's, 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 yeah. it's definitely flexing, right? Because you get your like, especially for a young cook, like you have your hour or whatever to shine, yep. right? And if you could like, yeah, you could take the same shit that's on the menu and kind of like make it for the staff, right? That's like basic. But yeah. like if you could take, I don't know, some chicken, like cultural shit or like yeah, yeah, and then like bam, like make a fucking dank dish, and everyone's kind of talking about it. Yeah, it's like cred right there. That's like that's like kitchen cred. Nice. Like you know, like young young. Yeah, I never even thought that's about like it. low. That's like low totem pole, like cred, like right there. Like family meals, your time to definitely <laughs> show, show off. off. Yeah. yeah for now sure. I feel like I offend the chef typically when family meal would come out, and I'm just like, nah, I'm holding off. I got something in the fridge. Depends. I'm you to need passion. I mean, if the yeah. person doesn't have passion and they're fucking throwing chicken fingers and fries and. If someone like worked hard on something, put it up there, and you're like, "Nah, I'm good," then that's you're, you're if the guy comes over. I, 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 I realize it works so hard and it's terrible. Yeah, never <laughs> <laughs> happened to you. Yeah. I'm not even like it's not even. Uh, I have such like, a bad story. It's like everyone looks at each other and it's just like. So it didn't happen to me personally quite often. It happened a couple times maybe, but a, a lot. It was a thing where um, so our entremets were the ones who ran the um pasta station at um and had a. But they had the most intensive prep schedules, so they also were responsible for the veg in family meals. So if they didn't get their veg cooked properly, we'd all sit in the room and we'd all eat the veg and be like, oh, Dong was struggling today. His vegetables not cooked properly or the shit's oversalted or something like that. But it, I know what you mean. It's yeah. Funny. Crazy. You get to talk shit about them if they fuck it up. Oh, so you try your hardest not to fuck it up. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, it could be anything. You guys could be slammed as shit. Someone has to make family meal. People have to eat, right? It's a weird thing, family meal yeah. in a restaurant, right? I always feel bad when the whoever's doing it would come over with with a plate made for you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and you're like, fuck, I don't eat that guy's food. I have to eat it right now. (laughs) Why is this guy cooking for me? Stop. No. No. Chef chef at my last space comes out on my last day and said, I heard heard it was your last day. Usually I don't run around telling anybody it's my last day. Like, I don't need the unwanted or needed attention. Pat's on the back. It's normal, though. I I agree. I feel uncomfortable in those situations. So regardless, Got a lot of last days. What? Got a lot of last days. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah, over the course of the years, there's a lot of five, six last days, maybe. But, Sounds so good. You know? But sure <laughs> enough, like, comes over, you like sweets? Hmm? I, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do sweets. You yeah. like warm apple pie. Come, comes, back, <laughs> <laughs> comes over with this brownie and some ice cream on it. Okay. And I start eating it because I don't want to offend anybody. Destroyed you. And he comes back a little bit later and goes, Oh, don't worry. You're going to feel it soon. <laughs> Mind you, I haven't Dude, smoked so weed in the oh, last, like, eight a, years right, or so. I, I don't know why I didn't Like, just I assumed was I was one of those dudes that would, like, blow it down in the parking lot after work or something, which I never did previously anyway with the squad. <laughs> so, like, why assume just it? Saying. So, sure enough, like, yeah, my last day was me doing a lot of COVID service tickets and just, like, staring at the printer screen trying to multitask. And if you haven't smoked in a while or anything, you're, it's hitting Bro, me I'm always bit. trying to sneak edibles on people. It's the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. It really is. I wasn't really even is. mad, though. I wasn't mad. I was like, oh, so I'm not going to look. So you're the perfect person to drop I'm not going to look like a bitch to start complaining about this yeah. now. Like, yeah, but we're holding people it. take me, like, real serious sometimes. I'm like, yo, dude, you got to check this out. It's like an organic... Um, <laughs> um, like, dude, we got it at the farmer's market. This other chef guy gave it to me. Like, yo, the blueberry like tastes like blueberry. <laughs> Say something stupid like that. And they're like, really? I'm like, it's so good. I'm like, it's so good. Um, they're like, all right. Is now the right like, time I'm to waiting. ask? I'm like waiting. I'm like, eat it. Yeah, just eat it. Yeah. Like after, like, it tastes weird. Gotcha. Like, you're fucked. Like, yo, Marcio is fucking going to be stoned yeah, all day next six hours. Yeah. <laughs> Should I ask if all of your ice cream sandwiches you give out are marked with that red X that was on that one or no? I would love to do that. I just ate a whole one. I, I literally, yourself. And, like, honestly, I'm the worst weed smoker ever. I get, like, like, one or two hits. I will fucking start. I get, like, I hit every bad thing that could happen to you in weed happens to me. Like, I'll get so high where I can't stop talking, and then I can't stop talking, so I'll get dry mouth. <laughs> and, like, you're, like, hearing me breathing. I'm, like, <laughs> right? And then I'm, like, then I'm like starving, so, like, I'll just, in front of everybody, eat, like, three quarter pounders, large fry, 20-piece nuggets, extra barbecue sauce, and I don't care, right? And then I'm, like, it's just, then I'm, like, paranoid. Like, it's just, I hit, like, every bad thing that could happen with weed. I'm just not a, it's not for me, man. I can drink, I, you know, I, I, that's it. And sure, it's not for everybody. That's why I had to cut it out of my life. But, you know, no, no problem with the chef. But I felt like I should have been asked first. Like, yeah, you want to touch a little I mean, bit of this? maybe, but you also only live once. So yeah, so we, we kept it moving. But so you, you were at Pratt. You went into do, being the sous chef. You were doing some family meals. Crushed so, it. I'm at CIA, right? And the last, very last part of the associate's degree, which is the more cooking hands-on part of. This was yeah. while you were at Pratt? Yeah, I, okay. I, would go to, I would go back to work on the weekends. Gotcha. So uh, I call up John, and I'm like, this last part, restaurant row. I've been working at a restaurant, man. and you need a chef. I was like, just let's do this. Get it done. He goes, don't tell your parents. I was like, <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, in two weeks, come by. You're the chef. Let's go. I was like, all right, great. I'm fucking out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I am, that's how, like, not a school person I am. I don't know. It's just like. I was so happy to be done with it and back to work, you know, if you will. 
funny too because like I'm not a school person, but I can't sit there in front of a book and learn like that. I feel like I would learn better in a, a kitchen. But it was so structured, you know. So like literally, like you had to do homework. You had to come with your recipe cards. I didn't do any of that ever. So like some chefs would see like some like raw talent and like like you know you're fucking that was great or whatever, and you didn't even do the final project. <laughs> Because I'm not going to do it, but because I'm just not. <laughs> you just, it was, you know, and I'll still miss the two days you're allowed in every class. Cause but I'm, you still I'm, pass the practical. Uh, yeah, and I'll crush the practical. Yep. So I have no reason to, like, get a B plus, you know, like, seriously. And then other chefs were like, I remember Garmage class, I took it three times. Playing this, that? The, like, Garmage, Garmage it's like, salad people, people call it, like, the salad yeah. station. But at school, right, it is, it's, it's, it's. And that's actually where I learned a lot about, like, um, tasting cold things. It sounds but, like, ice cream is a sauce. Break it down real simple. Like, ice cream is a sauce because it's a base before it goes in the machine. It gets turned, right? So there's a lot of things going on with the sauce. Sweet levels, salt levels, whatever flavor you're making. And then there has to be some kind of, like, something to actually make it texturally too much fat, not too much fat at the end, right? So, like... When you taste things that are your body temperature warm, you taste them better. It's just like that's how it works. So when something's cold or going to be cold, you have to like over season it a little. So like when, at Garmage, we're making all these um, terrines, like cold terrines and stuff. And it's like some crazy old school shit that no one would ever really want to make. But it, No one would ever put it on the restaurant menu. You're never going to eat any of this shit. It's just random shit from a textbook that you have to cook. Yeah. So you can pass a class. T- totally. <laughs> Which, right, sounds stupid, but at the same time makes you understand. Techniques. So many techniques, right? Like it's smoking sausage and making sausage and, and making these terrines. And, or like, even before that, like grinding the meat properly. All that stuff. Yeah. Keeping the meat at the right temperature. That's the sort of thing. You learn, that's what I'm saying. Like there's things that like. I could look at and already like I know like 20, 30 things about it where someone might just know like the two main things, but like why do those main things happen? So that makes like that's culinary school. You know what I mean? Like that's similar to being behind the bar and tasting what's in your mixing tin before you dilute it. Because it's, it's so much more potent before the 30% of dilution goes into the shake or the stir, whatever it is. And what you're saying is that there is a full on different taste. When it's cold and when it's room temperature. And so, you're accounting for that as you're making something. For example, ice cream, right? We're eating it obviously cold. You want, when you're, when, when you're tasting the base, the warm base, you're steeping vanilla beans or whatever and cream and this and that, whatever. You're diluting the sugar in the cream. It's got to be like that sweet level where kind of almost too, not too sweet where like it's like in your head, but like right at the top of your palate kind of thing. You get like that like. Almost feel it. Yeah. Sweet. yeah. It's like. It's too sweet, but not, like, too, too, too sweet, if that makes any sense. I'm smiling because I envision the back of house for Bona Bona, you and a bunch of elves singing songs while <laughs> oh, making ice cream. It's not that. It's really not that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's go, elves. Let's go. Dance. <laughs> no, I, understand, I fully understand what you're saying, though. And it does make, it makes sense. It makes sense, right? Because your body, obviously, you taste things when it's your temp and then when it's too cold. It just doesn't work, you know. Yeah. So you gotta over over season to taste things that are cold. So. Sure. I have a question for you. You just brought up vanilla beans. As someone who makes ice cream, how much money do you spend on vanilla beans every year? That is oh, a yeah. struggle, also from the bartender side, because they're so fucking yeah, but expensive. He's way more than you do, dude. Oh yeah. So vanilla beans. About six years ago, vanilla beans for eight ounces. I wait half is, a half a pound. 
This before the monkeys or after the monkeys? I was about to bring up the monkeys in Madagascar. Did this affect you? Did you hear about Dude, that? The storm, the monkeys, whatever <laughs> bullshit they wanted to fucking say to make us pay so much, triple the price. But yeah, the fucking monkeys, sure. All of a sudden, they eat all the vanilla. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. the pure yeah. bourbon vanilla extract yeah. the restaurant depot is in the safe Shot in up. the back. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, oh, I just happened to put a, you know. So I think, uh, yeah, a quart of vanilla in this stock pot that I bought. <laughs> sure you did, yeah. <laughs> you know what's weird? In the Restaurant Depot, in that crate, they have, like, the better hairnets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have all you the good where, stuff. Yeah, they, like, they have the hairnets that are, like, $20. Like, that's in there, too. Like, But, like, all right, so vanilla beans, a year, I mean, if you gave me in 20 minutes, I could probably do the math on that. But, like, for example, our, our vanilla ice cream right which has the most vanilla beans i saw the vanilla beans in that ice cream sandwich yeah it's all vanilla yeah every flavor has vanilla beans in it 99 percent of every flavor has vanilla um that's the that the flavors do not put vanilla in because i was making ice cream for a while and i was putting vanilla in all my bases but then i stopped because they all kind of tasted like good vanilla ice cream and then someone would be like okay vanilla ice cream with some strawberries in it yeah um so that's all. It's so weird with ice cream because, like, because it, it is cold. And, like, I'm a big fan of, like, getting to that final product, right? So, like, I come at it as chef's perspective, bow hunting. The venison's still warm. It's on my menu, right? Like, the farmer in Yorktown brings literally, there's a relationship for 50, 60 years. You get all the first of the year this, that, and that, whatever. The corn got fungus. Now there's a sweet lacoche, corn oh. mushroom, and they know that they're like, this shit's terrible. Corn got fucked up. <laughs> I know John wants it. You know, like, yeah. You know, so like, John likes that shit on the corn. You know, like, so like, cool. Yeah, we'll take $30 a pound local organic sweet lacoche fucking corn mushrooms. You've actually cooked that? Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. It doesn't happen every year. No, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It's really, really unique, right? So like, all this, like, like the mint ice cream for a couple flavors started at Pratt's. There was like five or six flavors that started there. And our mint chip, if anyone's had the mint chip, it's bright green. Yeah, that, yeah. And some people in the city are like, this tastes like basil. You're like, bitch, it's not fucking basil. <laughs> We're pan-picking mint and making ice cream out of it. It takes us two days to make this shit. And God forbid we overblanch or overshock the mint leaves. It turns fucking brown. Yeah. Now I have to throw all this out. Like, you don't understand how much time. Of work this, yeah, this is so much work. I love it. So, so like, <laughs> Pratt is on two acres in Yorktown, and there's just, we, we, mint's a weed. So, like, it just grows every year, wild mint. So, like, I have this ice cream machine. I would go there in my Chef Whites and get a bucket and go pick mint and wash it and make ice cream out of it. Like, in my brain, it was, like, plant shock, make real make mint ice cream, ice cream yeah. right? Use real vanilla beans, blah, 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 right? But, like, to get to that final base, like, strawberry, I'll be full-blown honest. Our strawberry ice cream has over 120 pounds of real deal strawberries. Compared to how much dairy? We're, we're getting, uh, we're getting like 20, 18, let's call it 20, uh, three gallon containers. So 60, 60, uh, 60 gallons. But the deal is with the strawberries, you could load, you could OD your ice cream with fresh fruit and this and that, but there's so much water content. It's going to be bland out when it comes. It's going to be done. icy. It's going to be so bland, right? So, like, there has to be that, like, perfect balance of, like, that good old fake stuff that makes shit taste good. <laughs> and then, like, a solid base of, like, good stuff. Like, to get to there. You know what I mean? Like, 
we use this um it's called um get the free gel it's like a gourmet 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 um they're at a base out of georgia italy obviously but george they have like this giant facility and it's gourmet a lot of like these gelato places their products and this is um living like the rainbow cookie we're buying rainbow cookies from nutella we're getting nutella that's that's the only flavor that I, I'm pretty sure we make that like has stuff in it. Outsourced product. Yeah, but it's it's you need it. Otherwise, it's going to be like really light pink, yeah. bland. It doesn't taste it's like not strawberry. It's good. Yeah, it doesn't taste like strawberry ice cream. Every time you're making strawberry ice cream, you're putting real strawberries in there. 120 pounds over. Yeah, combined with stuff that makes it taste a little bit better, like strawberry, yeah. and give you more of a punch. How much do you? Use, uh, I guess, the bricks machine to check how sweet these strawberries are no. before you're throwing them in, no. or can it be different every batch, kind of, I, which I, actually puts a homemade touch on things at the end of the day. I guess, all right, yeah. Um, good way to cover up your mistakes. So, like, yeah, we're not consistent. <laughs> it's homemade. We're yeah. good <laughs> until until <laughs> until you've used that out right. so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the you got a big factory. You're not making this at yeah, home. The brownies are overcooked. It's <laughs> homemade. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> But then the reason for even using real strawberries in the thing anyway is just to, for people to see them and taste them as well, it, well, it's like I can't right? use so much of the fake shit to make it yeah. fake. You know, yeah, and it's course. not even fake. I'm sure there's like, there's, I'm not, I'm just calling it fake because yeah. I'm just calling it fake. It's just it not fake, organic right? is it, what we're it, delivering. It's, it's, it's not whole strawberries. Yeah. 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 So like. What is it like a strawberry puree? It always comes out right there. Like we have the recipe at this point tweaked and, and back to the vanilla, like we're using literally almost $700. Six hundred fifty dollars of vanilla beans per batch. just in a batch of vanilla, which same thing gets you around sixty gallons, twenty three gallons, ninety gallons. Of um, so, like, yeah. <laughs> so like, you fuck that up, you're like, okay. You're just gonna turn into towel, and be like, yo, so Nick, I'm out. <laughs> the vanilla was six hundred dollars. <laughs> Throw it out because you fucked it up, right? Throw it out because we're not serving bad products, right? We overused the it's homemade excuse so many times. Cost me six hundred, bro. (laughs) So like, yeah, throw it out. It's a costly mistake. Also, Mm -hmm. when things go wrong like that, and big batches, you fuck them up. Yeah, it costs money. You know, we're in the process of launching a dried fruit garnish company here too, and bought the wrong bags. I said, thank God, we only bought a trial of fifty bags to start things out with. Because then it's just a, you know, you're just throwing a couple bucks away. It's not that bad. And having 600 bucks of vanilla beans could possibly bury a startup that's kind of coming in oh. that is strapped for cash as it is. And, or never, ever make anything with heavy vanilla content again. Like, why is your ice cream shop not have vanilla ice cream? Eh, there's a lot of vanilla in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, too much risk. I had a guy. <laughs> too much too risk. risk. I had a guy call me once. I think I called that's him. Good. He gave, uh, he was looking for a job. And he's like, I just moved to Georgia. From Georgia, I'm fucking broke. I really need a job. Like, blah, blah blah. And it's like summer, last summer. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, listen, there's definitely work here for you. You're telling me you could do this and this. Show up tomorrow, this time. This person, I'm gonna let them know you're gonna be here, training you. So the base, like, if you start working at Bone in the kitchen, we're gonna literally make you make cookies. So it's like stupid simple, right? It's like butter egg. But can you follow us? Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's a lot of that, right? And then like once you could do that, we're gonna make you like chop brownies. And stuff. Like that's the first week, right? So we give the guy the cookie recipe, and I think it said like two something, 
two tablespoons, whatever the fuck it was, for vanilla extract. And like in summer, we run like the cool thing about ice cream is like I'm not playing like the the food order game every week where like tuna from Hawaii is gonna go gallops or the lamb, whatever. Like or even the lettuce, like shit goes bad constantly. Like I could buy so much chocolate, it doesn't matter because the chocolate's gonna be there. I could buy so many expensive vanilla beans because we're really just use it next week. We we'll use it for the next flavor. Right? So like that's in a chef's perspective of food ordering. Convenient. It's well. way convenient. Yeah. So like I just had like a, a bunch of vanilla, real vanilla extract like there. I wish so, we could do that with tomatoes. I'm saying it's, so, <laughs> it's like, yeah, trust me. Like just, just make sure the containers are full all the just time. Just let me get a pallet of tomatoes. Yeah. Be fine all summer. Yep. My, my thing is like the bananas go bad. Like obviously oh. it's like the avocado game. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But at like, least with bananas, you so could like turn cheap. it into like, uh, you can you still know, do. You can make a banana bread or something like that yeah. and turn it. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then even if you don't, bananas are so cheap that okay, you got me bananas. <laughs> right. <laughs> got me. Eight bucks. Good for you. Next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, it's like this guy. Anyway, my my chef. He calls me up. He's dying laughing. He goes, "Please don't get mad." Hmm? He's like, and he's, but he's like, can't talk. He's laughing so hard. You guys, bottles. <laughs> and i know those are like 65 dollars a piece yep. right so i'm like this dick just cost me 130 because <laughs> he can't make first fucking day. cookie dough on his first day like the first day worker in the kitchen is always awesome right like they're making a huge mess yep. right something weird happens you're like yo the new guy's nuts <laughs> like, there's always there's like, like that 50% yeah, like you don't know what you're getting 50 yeah. isn't even like dude it's like a 10 percent chance 10 percent 10 percent chance 10%. like the person's normal and could actually work there something's gonna go bad if it's not today it's definitely tomorrow yeah. like and if it isn't tomorrow if they don't just walk out they don't just walk out yeah so i'm just like fuck how the fuck did that happen like god like that sucks now i need to go buy vanilla too but like it's fucking hilarious so like i pull the guy aside and i'm trying to like give him as much respect as i can and i'm like i'm not a dick or whatever like listen bro i'm gonna be straight up with you like you don't know how to make cookie dough you put two bottles of vanilla extract <laughs> into the batch. Like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I was like, but you got to understand, these bottles are like $65 each. Garbage. Like, really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. You know, I felt, yeah, obviously, you don't want to like, you know, this guy was like, really trying. Yeah. Then like, then like in true restaurant fashion, six months later, like at two in the morning, you get a fucking phone call and it's that guy. <laughs> Tell me some weird shit. <laughs> You're right. I mean, is that happen to anybody else? Or just yes. me? Like, yeah. All the yeah. time. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. I'll kill you. Like, give me the fuck alone. Lose my number. Like, I'm so nice to you, vanilla guy. Like, you fucking dick. You know? Like, why are you being such a huge weirdo? Like, I'm serious. This shit happens. Yes, it does. All the time. Like, you're so All disgruntled. And, like, you save my number and you hate my guts because you put $130 of vanilla into, like, $4 oh worth God. of butter and flour. Like, why did you do that? We had a, we had a we had a delivery driver that we fired over the summer. You heard, you heard the story? He uh, it was the middle of a rain rainstorm, torrential rainstorm. He gets to the guy's house. Mind you, wearing the COVID too. He's supposed to bring it to the door and leave it, like you know, contact free. Bring the delivery, bring the doorbell and leaves. He gets to the guy's house. He calls the guy up and says, the, "He goes, I'm outside. I don't have an umbrella. Can you come get it from the car?" <laughs> what? Right? And I'm like. 
some Karen. And she's yeah. like, you know, no, no, I was a, got out of yoga. You know, yeah. like. no, it was it was a regular like regular dude. It was actually someone who orders quite frequently. Cool. So I knew the guy, and he's really not like he never complains or whatever. He calls me. He goes, yeah, I just want to let you know, like, the bag, like, broke because it was wet, and like I lost my margarita, like, whatever, because it was a forty dollar like quart of margaritas. Yeah. And the kid just like hand the kid. He didn't even get out of the car. He just like stuffed it through the window and handed it to him. And the guy's like, he's like. He goes, yo, you know me. I don't really complain about stuff, but like, can I get another margarita? Like he wasn't even complaining; he just wanted another margarita, yeah, and he was day up. he was gonna pay for it. You know, he's like, this guy's in quarantine. God. It was still during quarantine. He's like, yeah. he just wanted to drink at his house. Driver comes back. I'm like, yo, did you did you get to the house and tell him to come out to your car because you don't have a you don't have an umbrella? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, did you do that to the other two deliveries you took also? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, you're fired. And he goes, why? I was like, because you're the delivery driver. Yeah, you're not it delivering, says, bro. It says contactless delivery. Yeah. Not call me and I'll come get it out of your window in the middle of a rainstorm. You fucking moron. What Jesus are you doing? Christ. Yeah, no, I didn't hear about that. But that kid, his story is related to that. He kept the phone numbers from the deliveries that he God, took. Damn it. And like a week later, he called the deliveries. And we're like, yo, you know who this is? You're a fucking asshole. Blah, blah. He didn't even call me. He called the deliveries. That guy was so drunk. <laughs> so angry. Yeah. <laughs> like some like 18-year-old kid. He's yeah. like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's coming with me? Yeah. The... You got me fired, asshole. <laughs> yeah, you got me fired. You know yeah. what this is? Like, sounds Fucking like you're that delivery driver. Yeah, you know I smell like wet dog and it rains. <laughs> Don't go out in the rain. <laughs> There's so many pieces to tackle about everything with ice cream in itself. It's like a whole... We can't talk to you for 12 hours straight because we would and be able to conquer all these different things. And just, leaving I'll Pratt... I'll just go to the depot. Really. <laughs> <laughs> or I think, yeah, whatever. Well, listen, you leave Pratt, right? And, or, I, I mean, I guess you didn't just leave Pratt. No, I mean, I was, like, uh, 27 years old. I've worked there for so long. And, like, like literally, looking back at it, like, I really don't have a lot of regrets. But, like, I never worked in Manhattan. So, like, the cool thing about Bona is I get to, like, be in Manhattan and Brooklyn all the time. And I get to see the coolest shit and meet the coolest people and learn the coolest stuff and have the coolest customers. And, like, Cause it's so culture. busy. It's culture. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... But I, what I like, so the whole back to like, well, at least you know what we want to do. It's like, but I also have this, this, this like design of cooking. This, my my approach, like I'm fucking in the woods at five in the morning, killing deer with my bow, and then it's on the menu that night. So like, guy in the city's not doing that either. You know what I mean? So There's like a disconnect there, kind of big time. Also, so like, like so anyway, like that was my. It was either I like go work in the city but like i was so fed up because i've been doing this so long and, like i really wanted to like show off like whatever so i opened a restaurant that was like that was you know i left to open my own so the conversation with john was like hey he i need cool. to open up my own spot yeah like do i have do I... <laughs> yeah you know i wish i wish that uh like if i knew for sure like someone i like knew really close was gonna open a restaurant like i would fucking give them every ounce so like totally. tell you why that wall sucks that wall sucks because when people are going to walk in this and that, like I would just like give you everything or this is really good because of that. Like you're like, I, I was used to cooking at like a super established restaurant that had like 300 seats upstairs, downstairs, outside. You know, I was able to do a lot of catering out of there, big holiday thing. Like, right. So like I went to that to like a 50 seat restaurant. So like my way of cooking worked at Pratt's really well. 
when I go to Madison, um, it's now, a different animal. Now, you know? build out Madison for the listeners. All right, so, um, dude. This was your, this was your endeavor. old shitty building <laughs> that we put way too much money into. And uh, this was my first place. I'm 27 years old, and I'm, like, so ready to just, like, grind working. Doesn't matter. I'm going to make the best food I can and work hard. This was, hard. A, this was after Chop, though, right? So the crazy thing is I was supposed to sign the lease the day I filmed Chop. <laughs> so, like, I had these guys calling me nonstop, and, like, I guess I didn't say that, like, that was not going to happen today. <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, so it was weird. Chop came out one month after the restaurant opened. So, like, not only did we have, like, the new restaurant hype. Also the Chop hype. And we had the Chop hype. That's, like, a perfect storm was of great media storm. alignment. Yeah. 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 And knowing that I won Chopped, I was able to kind of use that to my advantage. Like, hitting up, like, media outlets, like, Flow Hut, whatever. Like, hey, by the way, uh, I, no one knows yet, but I won Chopped, and I'm opening my restaurant. Like, why not? Sell yourself. You know right. I mean? So, like, it, it all just worked. Like, the first year was awesome, right? Um, so, but, like... That's the thing, too. When guys open up restaurants, the first year is always awesome. Yeah. It's brand new. Everyone wants to check it out. You've got limited seating capacity. It's packed, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's something that happens all the time, and that's why we always say, oh, you made the three-year mark. Like, that's the one. That's the one no, right No, for there. sure. Like, so I'll be, I'll be completely honest. Like, our first year, we probably did, like, 1.3, 1.2, something like that, right? And out of a little, little, little restaurant... Yeah, all the money that you made was all learning curve shit. Like, you bought too much of this, you bought too much of that, you overpaid that person. Your labor was, like, fucking 60%. Like, nothing made sense, right? So, like, you needed that money coming in. Um, whatever. So, second year, you're doing, like, 800 grand, right? So, that's second year, it's like, you're over your high, right? You got to stop drinking at the bar every night, <laughs> hang out with your friends. Like, you got to get, like, real, real serious. Like, it's year two is the hardest year of owning a successful restaurant like because you have to now tell continue people, to be successful continue to be successful but like like for me i had to like re like doing pratt's food at a not a 300 seat restaurant where it didn't matter if we weren't busy on tuesday because we did 240 people on friday and then another 260 people on saturday and whatever didn't matter because those two weekend days were everything Plus the catering, plus this. You get a party upstairs. Outside's nice. The deck's plus fucking busy. Plus it's on like a farmland. It's it, like in, Yeah, but you have, you have all the seats in the world to, to make shit happen, right? This is a different, different, different animal. You have 50 seats, right? So like... How many square feet? Dude, the dining room and with the bar was 1,100 square feet. With the kitchen was 1,300 square feet. It was a fucking shitbox, right? So bad. I've never worked in tighter quarters. It was like fucking nightmare. Is the nice. front that much bigger of where we're sitting right now? But, like, the tables were clo- too close, like, and I'm trying to put this, like, you know, center cut kind of blah, 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 like, nice, like, more, little, not fine dining, but, like, really good food, right? Oh, I saw the shots. I looked at the New York Times review yeah, that so was like, supposed to yeah, up there. Yeah, we're yeah. putting some quality shit out, right? And, like, whatever. So, first, second year kicks in. I'm out eating small plates. Everybody at the restaurant's chopping up everything, splitting this, splitting that, right? And I'm not that busy during the week. I'm busy as shit. Thursday to Sunday, right? And then like, but for a 60, 50 seat restaurant, it's not the Pratt's numbers with a 300 right. seat restaurant, right? I'm like, I got to do something. I got to figure this out. 
like, what the fuck? Like, I just put literally my whole life into this. Like, I'm not going to let this, like, fuck me up. Like, I'm going to figure this out. We've discussed Largemont at, this is where... Largemont's an amazing community to own a restaurant. In a lot of senses, of course, is my opinion, but there's no actual flow of highway into it to get the people from all the other various areas. You're not, exactly. It's so hard. You're, you're 15 minutes out just to get somewhere else. Like, you're close, obviously, to New Rochelle and the Maronick. Those, but it's, it's so out of the way. Those coming in yeah. easily. Now Large so that, out of the way. Yeah. Yep. It's so out of the way. Um, but uh, so year two was literally, okay, I need to do something. Like, literally, the numbers are telling me. I know it. Everything, like, I have to figure this out, right? This isn't Pratt's, right? The learning curve, the first year, high is over. I one day woke up early, bought a bunch of new plates and whatever I needed to buy. I walk in. By the time I get to back to the restaurant, it's like 3.30. I grabbed my manager, and I'm like, come to the office. I was like, today, today? I'm like, today, I'm changing the whole menu. Everything is going to be small plates. We're doing this, this, and this. We're going to keep those dishes, cut them in half, price in half, smaller portions. I already told the kitchen. They're prepping it right now. We're changing everything, small plates, everything. And we're going to sell fucking $15 cocktails and sell small plates. It took one month. The first two weeks, anyone who hated it, Left, never came back. If like a cater like an ice cream event at their house, they're like, "Oh, we used to go to Madison, and then <laughs> the burger became a slider." It's like, <laughs> yeah, thank you for not coming back. <laughs> like whatever. And then the, the next two weeks was the staff actually understanding what the fuck was going on, and then it would like just worked. Like I'm turning people away on a Monday, so like you know, I mean, when you have a small restaurant, you have to be busy. Yeah, seven days a week have to be but like like i was busy on a monday to get that second turn on monday oh yeah i mean that's the game you play different game you know it's different and it's like you work harder you know so like you gotta it's like tapas model works though too and we see it in white plains lilies for example that was kind of it's less of a commitment that's the thing yeah 100 percent the commitment thing it's oh, like, if I don't like it, fine. It was it was, small it was amount 16 of money. bucks. It was yeah, 14 bucks. I split it amongst three people anyway. Two we others had the one like bite. It. it sucked. I'm not fucking stuck with a 12 ounce, whatever. Right. You know, like. I'm drinking wine anyway, so yeah. I don't fucking care. It's just, you know what? And it goes both ways. You could hit the women, right? You get a bunch of women. They can eat all light stuff because there's so much light stuff on the menu and they can drink and hang out. Or you could hit the fucking guy who's a full blown pig like myself. I can order four of them. Dude, when I go, yeah, like when I go out to eat with my cousin Mike, the joke is we spend three hundred dollars every time we go out to eat. And I blame it on him. I tell him he's the most expensive date I ever had. But it's like we're just pigs. We order one of everything. Like the like the waitress be like, it's a lot of food. Like, yeah, just get it. <laughs> That's like it's fine. It's fine. I feel yeah. like all restaurant people are like that. Though. Yeah, it, dude. Whenever I mean, isn't I go that the out, most common it. way to approach it. a menu? It's like we have. Only a ten percent chance to go out to eat anyway. Yeah, 10%. So yeah. it's like it when we go true. out, we're just gonna be like, "Yo, give me one of I'm out. Out. This is the once this month. I'm probably gonna get to fucking yeah, doesn't matter. Enjoy it. Yeah. Just send everything. I'll eat it. Trust <laughs> me. You family yesterday. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you convert the menu after about a year and a half or so. Yeah. back into the small plates. Dude, that was game changer. That was like personally learning, right? Big time, like personally learning, and then it just worked. Like MK became this thing. It allowed me to like get that, like, steady staff, steady customer base, work on the things that actually needed to be worked on, and then it also allowed me to like branch out on other things. Now you have a base. Did you see an increase in drink sales in that time period? Well, yeah, that was the thing. Like, like if I ever owned a restaurant again, 
out like two two things make you money catering and selling drinks right the drinks help your i mean like think about it 12 seconds gets me 14 bucks right you get 14 dollars 12 seconds and four dollars right but it's it's 12 dollar sale right call it a minute yeah. right take a take a 12 dollar appetizer how long does that take Two days. Could be days. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just doesn't make sense. You know, like, everyone loves food. Everyone loves good food. But like, it's just like, um, it's hard. Like, if you know the business, kind of, it's like hard, man. It's a really hard business, you know? And like, that's that camaraderie that everybody has. Because we're all like, we're, we're hustling. We're working hard. You know, it's, it's a personal thing. It's not like a money thing. It's not like a, it's like we all do this for some reason. Somehow it's all kind of. So like, but the drinks make you money. Like, it's just easy, easier money to be. Catering makes you money, right? Because it's controlled. You're not over-ordering. There's no food waste. You know, you get, you get to, you know, make that bank. So, like, if I ever owned a restaurant again, I would have a food truck for my restaurant. And my food truck, I wouldn't have to schlep kitchen equipment. I would have a food truck that would just do my catering. And I'd have an awesome bar program. And it'd be, like, small plates, stuff that's, like, inexpensive a pizza or pasta or whatever stuff that like isn't huge cost like because you need like you need you work on those margins man those margins are so those margins you're talking to the guy that does barbecue i know those are hard those are hard margins you know you always gotta have yeah those are hard margins man i get it suck yeah but there's nothing better than like i'm always i'm always telling mike pizzas pizzas like cheating from our standpoint when you look at pizza place i'm like Pizza market's fucking pizza. crowded, you know? It's so yeah. crowded. No, I'm just talking about just, the, like, the margins alone. Yeah. Obviously, it's super saturated, and, you know, especially in this area, you could find a good pizza place. You got Sal's right, right next door. Right. <laughs> There's, like, three pizza spots on this, <laughs> on this avenue. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just... Uh, nice three. Yeah. But pizza's, pizza's one of those things where, like, I don't care what kind of chef you are, you could, like, takes you two or three times to make something great or whatever. Like, pizza takes you ten years to do. I don't care who you are. Like, you're not just making pizza dough. Yeah. You're not. Like, pizza dough is one of those things in the food world where, like, like you'll see, like, Bobby Flay. Like, hey, we're making that on TV. He's not fucking making pizza on TV. You know why? Because he didn't put 10 years making dough. <laughs> pizza guys, their own crazy breed. But, like, there's nothing better. Like, in my opinion, the best thing about pizza is the dough. Like, you get really great tomatoes. You get some really great... Low fat, high fat, whatever cheese, make your thing, whatever. Those are all products. Anybody can get them. Yep. But the dough is everything. And it's like, yo, good dough has a 48-hour rest. You know? So you're making dough two days a week. That's what, my, my favorite pizza spot. I always go all the time. I'm not going to throw them under the bus because it's over now. But I remember the pizza, the pizza guy, he, worked, he was there all the time. There's a reason why he was there from like open to close every day. Six Old days a guinea, week. Bro. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, like, Yo, Bruno was there every day, all day hated long. His wife. Bruno hated pizza. his wife. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Fucking hated his wife. And uh, yeah. like golf every weekend. I hate golf. <laughs> Yo, I remember the first time I walked in there, I had the pizza. I was like, something's not right. I go inside. I don't see Bruno. I told the boss, so, Yo, what happened? where's Bruno? He's like, oh, he retired. All right, Fuck, pizza sucks now. Yeah. I was like, I, I guess this is the last time I'm seeing pizza's you. Pizza's trash. I was yeah. like, what is this? Get him out of retirement. Fuck, dude. 
Yeah, pizza, it sounds great, right? And, like, there's actually a lot of success. I feel like every good pizza guy I know like, has a fucking Ferrari. You're like, <laughs> fuck, you pizza guy. You fucking Ferrari, right? So how long? How long did it wind up going before you decided to make that ultimate, hey, it's time to shut this door down? So the restaurant became super successful. 10% <laughs> successful, right? Um, and it was busy, and everyone was talking about it, and, like, I ended up, um, catering and like so like any like advice it's like be a part of the community and I'm not saying like give shit away like because that's not going to help you with your business like yeah here and there have a limit and it's really easy like if you want to be like hey I have five thousand dollars a year donate to the local school or whatever the, the simple answer is I'm really sorry I appreciate you guys maybe throw them a drink if, they, if they're good customers they come back but like I've hit my limit for the year and people, if they're good people, if they understand, and they're asking you as a favor, like they'll understand. Like I can't do because you know, you know what it's like to own a business, any business. That door is open to anybody, and you want to do the right thing, but like you can't just give everything away all the time, right? So like, like have a well, limit. I saw your Ferrari in the back. Yeah, well, that's like, Fuck the pizza guys. Yeah, <laughs> they have a Ferrari. Yo, take money from those guys. Yeah, <laughs> free pizza. Every free night. pizza. Yeah, but like seriously, like. Have your limit and, like, sorry, I hit my limit for the year. We'll put you on top of the list. And like, keep to that, you know? Like, they'll leave you alone for a while, a little while, until they harass the crap out of you. But, like, yeah, so MK was awesome. It was established for what it was. And, uh, I, you know, you start talking to local people, and there's a lot of clubs. I'm from New York. You know, like, so I kept hearing club, club, club. So I'm like, yo, I got to get involved. Clubs. And restaurant before the small place the summers were dead everyone's mondays were busy and the summer's dead it's like a whole new world right so like i have to get involved in these clubs so i can do something for the summer so we got the snack bar at the large one shore club if i thought my kitchen was bad at Madison kitchen, right and it was all new equipment just the actual structure of this six-year-old Like, the Larchmore Shore Club, year after I did it, they, like, got renoed, million-dollar kitchen <laughs> renovation. So, with that said, there was not a range, not a stovetop, not an oven. I had two fryers, and the GM, this guy, uh, his name, he was a sweetheart in the restaurant business his whole life. He understood everything that was going on. He bought um, a six-foot charbroiler grill. He was like excited about it, like we could get better burgers, right? Bro, I could give you give me a fucking uh, a thing of coal. I'll make you a really good burger. I promise. I don't need a six foot charbroiler grill where you just took away six foot flat top when ninety percent of everything, well, 50 percent of everything that comes out of this thing, other than the fryer, is a, a wrap goes off the flat top, a quesadilla comes off flat top, an egg sandwich comes off flat top. Just fucking fucked me so hard, <laughs> and I don't have a stove, and I don't have nothing. So, but he's like, you can make a nice burger. But yeah, yeah, thanks. Because the burgers sell fifteen percent of the wholesale. There's a bunch, and there's a bunch of kids eating quesadillas all day. Like, why would you do that to me, bro? Like, so anyway, we had two feet of space, so I put a two foot, like the smallest, most bullshit flat top planchette, whatever you want to call it, you could ever think of, like the worst one ever. And all of our sales came from that little two foot thing. <laughs> and the, I'm talking like pitched floors, open 
like garage. Like I'm just like, but we crushed it and we did well. And we actually made money. We made a decent amount of money there, and that helped the restaurant, you know. And those are your customers, and you see the same people over and over again. Like it got to the point where MK, like still, like we were talking about this before. Like it's December. All my great customers that are like my friends hit me up every December and like, hey, that lasagna or whatever, like whatever you want, endive salads, like whatever, like pig roast, right? December, I'm doing catering for all my old customers in Larchmont. And like, but that's how you build local clientele. And like, because you said Larchmont's a little bit out of the way, you have to rely on the regular customers. But I got to the point where I was lucky enough to kind of like pick and choose my customers. You know what I mean? Like, which is what you want as a restaurant. Like, they know you're, what you're offering. They know who the waiter is. They know how it should be. This is what they want. They're cool. They're happy. Like, you don't want annoying customers. Like, Life's hard enough. Like, so if you could pick and choose your people, like, because a restaurant's not for everybody. Like, you go to certain restaurants, and you're like, eh, I'll never go there again, right? <laughs> but the place is packed. It's just not for you. So, like, you get, to, you get to that point where, like, just you, you have a relationship with local people. So, like, that, that was really important. And the ice cream being at the farmer's market brought customers. So, like, tapping into the, your local community doesn't have to be giving shit away. But, like, just being involved locally helps you build your, that really helped me a lot. Did the ice cream begin at MK? Yeah. Well, the ice cream started at Pratt's, and it was just on my dessert menu at MK. So I, I remember, like, a brand-new um, Carpajani gelato machine that was a counter. Like, I never thought in a million years I'd ever need That was, like, the shit I needed. Brand-new one was, like, 10 grand. Um, and then, like, used ones were, So I get like this used ass old, like the first model of the one that I wanted, like 20 year old model for like 1900 bucks. I drove to like Brooklyn. The guy just sold it to me. And I remember like I was so happy I got this machine. And it wasn't even three phase or anything, two phase. So you could plug it in the wall. Right? It's like that's how old it was. And I was so excited to make ice cream with it that I drove to uh, my father's repair shop. And I literally cleaned it out right there. <laughs> I, I made. I, got, I went to the grocery store. I went to AMP. I got like vanilla extract, milk cream. Got some. I went up to Rosie's restaurant right around the corner, and I got some vodka because vodka is like you know doesn't freeze. It's a stabilizer. I made shop ice cream right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this machine like spin and make ice cream. And That's dedication, the dude. I was so excited. You know, I was like, I got. And it's a regular plug. I can just do this today. I can do this right now. So I made like shop ice cream, and I'm like, taking a while. Like, <laughs> you know, it worked, but it took like 20 minutes to turn out this like two quart batch of ice cream. For the record, is that not typical? Yeah, no, not typical. It should take like 10 minutes, okay. you know, for a little countertop. You know, and once it's cold, maybe whatever. Yeah, 10 minutes is probably good enough. For but um, and those are like the that's the machine you see on Chop. Like that's the one you see at like kit, regular kitchens. Like, you know. No one's really running in like an ice cream. No, it's not industrial. Yeah, it's for the housewife at home that wants to. It's figure the out housewife version of a professional. Gotcha. You know, yeah. it's a lot of machine, like right? the top of the line housewife version. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. So uh, that was my only vessel to make ice cream in for the farmers market for whatever. For that. this thing was breaking nonstop, and I'm like really not the most handy person in the world. I remember at one point the machine had. 
like a ratchet strap around it <laughs> to keep the front plate on. It was just all, it was like Frankenstein. It was blowing up, literally blowing up every time <laughs> I would make ice cream. I'm like, oh my God, I need this ice cream ready. Farmer's market, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to the point where, uh, you know, we bought still, you know, if COVID didn't happen, we'd probably buy another one of these, but because um, we're going to need it. Um, but right now we have a $30,000 gelato machine from Italy that's water cooled, three phase, and pumps out. Eight gallons of product in six minutes. It's like a beast. That's pretty badass. <laughs> it's a beast. Yeah, dude, it's a beast. So just watching this shit come out of the like the mouth of it, I'm like, like the first time ever, I was like, yeah, this, <laughs> this is what sense. I yeah, this, yeah, this is what I needed. Like, this is what I was missing. Yeah, it, yeah dude, this thing was stra- had ratchet straps around it. Like I used it to the last possible. That's the one that was downstairs, right? Yeah. I remember that. I remember seeing that. You know, I love the Westchester Health Department. They are, they are awesome. And I'm not saying this like in a, in a bad way. Like they really will work with you. Like, like they see, they, they, you're, they're not trying to like destroy you and like get fines out of you. They're like, listen, dude, fix this. I'm coming in two days. This isn't fixed. It's over. Like, you know. So we built a prep area downstairs that we didn't, weren't licensed to build. The guy's like, yeah, you didn't hand in any drawings or anything. I'm like, but it's all legal, right? He's like, Technically, yeah. It's like, give, give a month to get these lights, like drawings like approved, dude. Like, whatever. So we get it all approved. And now we're working on the basement. There's, this is at, at the MK, auto yep. sh- Okay. No, okay. MK, yeah. So, sorry. So that little machine started the, the ice cream business. Gotcha. The farmer's market and everything. Like, gotcha. That, that shitty ass machine, mm-hmm. we were overworking the crap out of it. And it was like 18 years old. You have it in like a glass case at the new Bona place now? I thought about it. I'm like, fuck that <laughs> shit. Let's just throw it out. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm sure there's a picture somewhere on Instagram. Um, yeah. Right. I think like Ben and Jerry's has like, like right, their, their first, first gas station shop. Like it's all like retroed out. Like, you know, no, nah, I really didn't care. <laughs> just throw it out. Let's get the new one and go forward. But um, yeah. So uh, now we have the new machine, but it's in the basement. Basement has no windows. So in the summer, it's so hot. Like it's that sounds melting. like the perfect work environment. What do you mean? Yeah, dude. It's, no, like, it's so much fun. The more the same, you know. <laughs> so if it rains, the floor's flooding. Uh, if it's hot out, it is like its ice cream's melting as soon as it comes out of the machine. Uh, and if it's cold, there's no insulation, no anything. It's just like fucking everything's frozen. So bad, so bad. And then like another part that no one understands with the ice cream business is like. You need storage. Like, you want to make a big batch of ice cream that's going to get you, like, through the week, whatever, two weeks. Okay. Those quarts are big. Those where are you going to put, where are you gonna put 23 gallon tubs? Mom, get the phone. We're recording a fucking podcast here. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. He's so mad. It's authentic. So, we had, like, that is, that is awesome. So, we have, like, we have, like, freezers outside with tarps on them. If it rains too much, ice cream's getting destroyed. Like, it was just so bad. And, like, we're so busy. We have, like, truck events in the city and, like, smorgasburgs going on. And, like, all this stuff's happening. It's, like, all the, like, the email, like, I'm so, like, I love my email in the morning. All this amazing, crazy stuff that I never would imagine is happening. Um, trips to Japan, all, like, it's just awesome. This is a result of Chopped. It's a result of the uh, ice, cream. ice cream. Yeah, the ice cream business. Ice cream business starts blowing up. So you went to Japan for the, they wanted to do, like, a smorgasbord. <laughs> we over did there, smorgasburg right? twice yeah. in Japan. <laughs> 
Um, well, hold on. <laughs> this is why this needs to be like a four-part episode with you this guys entire me up. I have to make meatballs crazy tomorrow, life and I have story. to get up at 5 a.m. now. Uh, listen, Fine. Time. meatballs I, are going to be ready. Get, oh, shit. You have to quick, quickly <laughs> run me through how... So Ice Cream Company starts doing its thing. It's like this the ice really cream cool company unique. was separate underneath MK. Yeah, we're completely in the separate. Basement. Yeah. Okay, you're working in the basement. Working in the basement. You're making ice cream. You're crushing out of the it. Basement. And it's still bona bona at that point. Yeah, well, like we're getting featured here and there, right? And so, like, people are like, oh, so cool. I want bona ice cream. Um, so they're showing up to the restaurant at like three in the afternoon. And we're only open for dinner. So, like, a family comes up and they're like so confused. Like, <laughs> this is the right address, but it says Madison Kitchen. Like, what the fuck? Like, where's we my just want our ice, cream. ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, now you have to explain it, right? But, like, the cool thing is you're building hype around the product, right? Because you can't get it unless you're in Williamsburg or at the restaurant during dinner hour or at the farmer's market, whatever, right? So, it's, like, really hard to get. It's another note for young children trying to come up with this Make your shit exclusive. Business. Yeah. <laughs> Make it really hard to get. Then you can build some hype around it. Some annoying guy is going to post on Instagram. And you're going to want to get it, then you can't. <laughs> yeah. Kid walks up to the truck to try to get ice cream. Nikki hits him with the, you get your ticket? Yeah, exactly. No, nah, you don't have it? Kid. Show me your wristband. Yeah. Not, Show for me wristband. <laughs> Not for nothing, just this afternoon I saw an article about a um, restaurant that I believe is opening up in Florida on a members-only uh, business model. Starting in 2021, their restaurant's only going to be open to their members. In 2022, it'll be open to the public. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Exclusivity. That's, that's a Grayo's. So many like spots. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not saying like that's what Bona was, but it was just like we we're running two businesses out of one place, and like everybody's confused. <laughs> I saw I saw the Phase One like cart, like the push cart Bona Dude. Bona, right? That so, was the first thing you started with. That cart, so <laughs> you learn like there's it's a cold plate freezer, um, and it's made in America. That fucking cart, I think I got it for like eighteen hundred bucks, like the best, one of the best things <laughs> I ever bought. It's still alive, and we still use it. It's just amazing. I mean, it's yeah. I would roll. I would roll that cart up the hill before I got a like a ramp for my pickup truck. Like, so like, I was like, man, rolling this thing up the hill sucks. I need a fucking ramp. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm sweating balls just rolling a, a freezer filled with ice cream up a hill. But uh, it's like that's how it all starts. I mean, you got to work hard and like not spend a lot of money and like have a really good idea. And like, it all starts from a good idea or a good product or so, you know, idea, cost low, profit margin. Yeah. I mean, no, like, it makes sense. These are, these are, and no decay also, yeah. which you don't have to deal with the products once they're frozen. But I mean, like if you could start off small and build some hype, like a farmer's market or whatever, or you go into full blown, like life sucking vessel, like a restaurant, like, do it. Build hype and only expand if and when you need to. You know, don't try to over, overshoot it. You Not know? too big, too fast, which yeah. you see so many guys so many. doing. You know, there's so many. And, like, you want to grow, awesome. But, like, you only grew because you had a good team, right? It's not you. It's people around you. Like, so, like, how, like, good luck building another team. Like, it's going to take you the same amount of time it took you to build your first team. And if it doesn't, you're lucky as hell. And maybe you get two, three places, whatever. But like, you see it a lot. Like, you know, unless you have this ultimate sellout plan where, like, you know someone is going to be interested to buy or whatever, like, and you only have to show certain things, 
you know, cool. But like, if you want to do the right thing, it's a lot of work. Like the moving parts aspect. You're right too, because a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of uh, people underestimate the value of, of their team and like how much they actually do for it. Right before you walked in, we had a team meeting. Probably the best service staff we've had on in a while. Dealing between the COVID and this thing and that thing. But their sales are like through the roof and they sell specials through the roof and everybody's always in a good mood. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's, it's game changer. They hold, yeah. they hold you up, right? Because they buy into what you're putting down. If, 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 so like, for example, you know, we're Madison Kitchen Monday. We're turning people away, right? It sucks. Imagine that. Because you're capped out. You could only do a certain number. But, okay, so what do you do now? How do you get more sales? Better staff, right? So you train the staff more. Hey, guys, the drink's over. Ask them for another one. I'm down for another drink. I put myself in a customer's perspective constantly because I am a customer, right? Right below my 50% mark, I want to be asked again if I'm getting another drink. Yeah. Set me up. And if I'm as close proximity as the bar on my side of things, I, you're almost down there. You want me to set you up in a couple minutes? But if you made and then me you're wait preemptively too long, selling. If you made me wait too long and I'm already done my meal, now I'm like 35, old and tired, I don't want another <laughs> drink. Right. Yeah. But you got, I would have had two more though before. Yeah. Right. I would have been giggling with my friend talking about the dumbest shit in the world, right? And you would have got another 24 bucks out of me. You know, times two, 50 bucks. Your percentage yep. of sales goes up. You know you're going to get tipped 20% on 50. You just made money by offering a drink. Correct. And the restaurant sales go up. Your tips go up. That's how it works. Like, you know. But it's hard to get people to understand. You know, you're in this business. I think it's... I think <laughs> it's... get fucked up after work. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It's evident that we're not covering all the bases that we need to cover today alone as it is. Yeah, and even, I kind of want to be able about to... the sprinkler room or the boozy <laughs> so milkshakes. No, let's not even go into it yet. I'm just let's, saying, I'm, I'm naming the things we didn't even get to. Listen, after the new year, let's pull Nikki back into the podcast and I'm talk down. really deep into the ice cream side of things because I don't know shit and I still feel like our listeners don't know shit except for your story and going into the ice cream. But there's still so much more to talk about. We're just going to bring you back on a non-depot day. Okay, yeah. Yeah, non-depot day. So we can sit and here. I and I don't go to the deep anymore. Like, that was such a big <laughs> aspect of my life. Like, I graduated. You know, I saw you at how, depot how, one time, and I yelled out. I was like, yo, Nikki Scoops. Right? You remember? I was like. He did the thing with like his head. Like, fuck. I was like, yo, Nikki Scoops. And then I changed, and then I saw on your Instagram, all of a sudden, it changed to Nikki Scoops. Was that because I called bro, you Nikki Scoops? No. Bro. Or was it already Nikki Scoops? Like, do I, get, just do I get to no, say... No, it just happened. Like, right. you go to the bar, people are calling you Scoops. Like, everyone's calling me Scoops. <laughs> I just got to... I really I gotta, wanted it to be on me. I was like, did. yo, I gave him no, that. Oh, yeah, everyone. You all, yeah, you're a part of it. Yeah, everyone's calling me Scoops. There you go. Thank you. Like, I, have, I just got a dog a couple months ago. I love my dog, right? He's, like, going to be a massive Doberman. He's, like, just the coolest dude ever, but he's so sweet. Like, literally, my dog gets racially profiled. We'll go to, like, Playland Beach. <laughs> And, like, all these Karens are, like, grabbing their, like, little, like, schnauzer. And they're, like, oh, he's vicious. <laughs> Eight minutes later, he's, they stole my dog for 40 <laughs> minutes. And he's, he, they're playing Frisbee. And, like, oh, he's so handsome. Such a well-behaved dog. Like, yeah, what the fuck do you think? But people are, like, yo, dude, name your dog Sprinkles. I was, like, <laughs> I, was like I can't name my 120-pound Doberman Wrinkles. You I could. Can't, you no, could, though. That would you be totally so good. I could have. I can't now. He knows his name. What's so his I, name? Hayes. H-A-Y-E-S. Okay. He's an English lad. You know, yeah. 
I'm not mad. Yeah, yeah, I'm not mad, but sprinkles would have been good. Sprinkles would have been epic. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't come to the conclusion of like yelling sprinkles. Come here, sprinkles, sprinkles. Like, it's just too much. Yeah. There were definitely some situations. Not for me. I wouldn't yeah. want to call That's my not for me. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna bring Nick back on and talk fully in depth into Bona Bona because there's still so much to cover there. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about Chopped. Uh, if you're listening to this right this moment, the there's next a new episode show actually coming out. I was talking. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Daddy. Sorry, Daddy. What's the new, what's the new cooking show? Uh, so, I was really bored this summer. Because, like, we came to, like, you know, sudden hall stuff. Um, so, other than gaining uh, 15 pounds and drinking more, I was like, fuck it, I have time. So, I get hit up, like, here and there from, like, production companies. And, like, it's just whatever. It's just a part of, like, the gig. Like, they're not really interested in me. It's just like, hey... Maybe because you were on a show once, we could get you on again. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. So there's going to be a cooking show on Food Network that's going to come out soon that I competed on. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's the heads up. That's like, soon yeah. in like two months or what? I don't know. It's, it was right. filmed. It doesn't It'll matter. Yeah. Can you tell us the name of the show? Uh, Maybe next time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to pull you back on like a month, right after the holiday's cool. done and things yeah. are a little bit calmed down. If you're listening to this right now. Maybe we'll come to, we'll come to the ice cream show. Yeah, yeah, please. If you're listening to this right please, now, please. hit the follow button on your Apple, your iTunes, your Spotify, whatever you're listening to this shit on. Yeah, but wait, wait. One more question. What's your favorite flavor ice cream to make? It's hard. You were like, what's the best seller? I'm like, I don't know. What do you like? No, your favorite one to make. What's the one you're oh, most proud make? of? To make? Yeah. Depends. Everyone kind of has a weird story. I think the mint one's just so, like, different, unique. Um, but, like, like, the rainbow cookie kind of started the whole thing. You know, um, it's all the same right now. You know, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. You guys want to pick a favorite child? Not even that. It's just like it's just work. You know, <laughs> it's just work. <laughs> it's just work, man. That's the honest you answer. Know? It's just work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, and like it switches. Like, like I'm good with just like vanilla. Like, you know what? I actually, weird is weird. Owning an ice cream shop now. My friends make fun of me. I have an ice cream shop. Like, like we're gonna go to the ice cream shop. Like. I fucking like sprinkles. Sprinkles are so good. <laughs> sprinkles are so good. Like, I can't eat ice cream now without sprinkles. Seriously? If you're like, oh, can I have sprinkles? I'm like, yeah, you do. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you want these Do you sprinkles. guys, like, make your own sprinkles? No, man. Oh. Nobody makes your own sprinkles. That'd be dumb, man. No way. They'd be like, oh, my God. I just spent $42 on three scoops of ice cream. They have organic homemade sprinkles. <laughs> no way. It would never happen, dude. It would never happen. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I like it. If you're not following the Instagram <laughs> Waiting on Fries podcast, you find all the information when we pull them back in in a month or so. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, the next episode, hit the follow button. We're going to talk to Christian Petroni about Fortina and a little bit of Chopped and whatnot too. If you're listening okay. to this then, then hit the follow button anyway. And then the next episode that's about to play for you is Lila Rose and we talk to JJ. It, our podcasts are weird because you listen Just to it forward so, and back. So I'm you know? so confused. Don't so worry confused. about it. Hit the guys. algorithm trail. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, guys. Yeah. don't forget to Maybe hit that. at this time, it's way too late. You're not organized. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, phone's ringing. Mom keeps calling. This is bullshit, guys. <laughs> don't forget to smash <laughs> that like and subscribe button, guys, because, you know, algorithms.